fans, my name is Gemma Hallett and I am your host for this evening's episode of Back the Girls podcast, season two, episode two, we're building up for the Six Nations. I'm joined by Rachel Taylor, former Wales captain and my partner in the boiler house of the scrum. We're also joined by Georgia Evans, catching up with her after her arm injury and we'll be talking all things Wales women and get an insight into the squad. We'll also be exploring the who doesn't miss leg day and which old croonies are going on tour this weekend. It's build up to the Six Nations, it's all happening and it's all on the pod. So here she is, I'm joined by Rachel. Glass ankles, Taylor. No? How is that sticking? How is that stuck with you? From someone um, that will use more tape than was supplied. No, it's just every session you were limping, wasn't it? Can you walk normally now? Taking it. Yeah, I've just um I've just done YBL light with Alex Donovan. Just had my little stretchy yoga bits this morning. Feeling uh, you'd laugh if you saw me. I'm the most in- inflexible person in the yeah. world yeah i don't remember you being any kind of touchy cozy kind of person <laughs> hey <laughs> no, what, what's ybl what's that it's uh her yoga business good let's give it a, a shout out let's give it a bit of a promotion yeah is it all touchy cozy stuff it is. It's uh, the introduction one is is beginner level is spot on for me. <laughs> I don't think I'll be advancing from there anytime soon. But no, it's cool. It's like a 10, 15 minute uh, light session. So for people that struggle to get it in the day. Um, yeah, it's perfect. Just And you don't have to tape up for it? I haven't got to tape up for it. No, I do need a few like um, I was going to say yoga blocks, but I don't even have a yoga block. So I have to have cushions uh, just so you know. Make sure I pad myself on. So I'm on, lying down on the floor with cushions. I do yoga every day. <laughs> yeah, inhale, exhale, you know, get to say namaste at the end of the session, which I love. Oh, so lying down with pillows, breathing. Nailed it. Yeah. Nailed it. Yeah, if you think that's what anything what Alex delivers, it's not, but it's brilliant. <laughs> cool stuff. So yeah, those of you who don't know, Alex Donovan, former internationals running their own yoga uh, business doing really well, right? I always, random people always say to me, oh, I know Alex Donovan and a yoga thing, uh, thingy. Sorry, Alex, for me to disrespect you thingy. But um, yeah, she's doing really well. And now Rachel Taylor is a fan. So, you know, what's not to love? Okay, so we brought Rachel Taylor in as tonight's guest host to talk all things Six Nations because it is Six Nations week. Are you excited, Tails? <laughs> Uh, yeah, and like, how how lucky are we? We go from one Six Nations, men's, under-20s, we have like a little lull of a five-day, and then bang, straight into a new tournament, straight into the women's Six Nations, which is wicked. It's just, yeah, yeah if you're a rugby fan, what more could you want, right? It's The Six Nations is twice as long now. <laughs> <laughs> that is just ideal. And it's about to ramp up for us as well, because obviously... Um, we're going to be even more excited to watch these games and make the effort to get to the stadiums to watch them. So very excited about this weekend. What are you doing? Uh, this weekend, I'm actually going, <laughs> you know well what I'm doing. Uh, I'm actually going on Jenny Davis's, so um, Treacle's 
I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say, but she's having a big birthday. Big birthday. Uh, a big birthday. I won't, I won't say what number it is, um, but we're all chuffed to see her reach 50. Um, <laughs> but I'm kidding. She's good um, for it. Yeah, we're going to Ireland, uh, obviously to to chance to support the the women's team as well, but also to celebrate her birthday. So really looking yeah. forward to that. Who's going? Uh, your good self's going. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. <laughs> um, uh, I'm not sure if, if Treacle knows she's going yet. We'll probably, you know, um, sabotage her on on uh, Saturday morning, and and when she next wakes up, she'll be on a ferry to Ireland. But <laughs> hopefully, she knows she's going. And then uh, Ellen Evans. So. Yeah. So it's effectively an old girls tour. That's what we're yeah. saying. Yeah. yeah. I was I was hoping that we could get Treacle's dress up in a full referee's kit. So for those that don't know, um Jenny Davis post playing, obviously done coaching and uh, also a very, very good referee. Uh so I was thinking if she just went in full ref's kit, like I quite enjoy that for the day. But yeah. yeah I've already that. packed. I've got the flag. Um I think Ellen Ev's got the daffodil hats. You've got the tea caddy. <laughs> Do you think we'll have the stamina of old? <laughs> like absolutely not. <laughs> seven o'clock brew <laughs> biscuit. <laughs> I might I might take my ankles up just in case. <laughs> <laughs> Dancing feet. <laughs> I, I have no idea how this is gonna go. We're either gonna like you know, just like collapse back into our youth and crazy days, or it's gonna be, oh, I'm a little bit oh, it's noisy in here. Oh, I wonder, can they, can they do me a cup of tea? Yeah, no. I think it'll be the last to be honest. Yeah. If anyone... yeah, but what goes on tour stays on tour pod, so you're not going to find out about it. <laughs> I hope that's true, Gemma. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, let's have a quick catch-up. How's life in the Shark Tank? The Shark Tank, love that. Yeah, no, really good. Really enjoying it. Um, yeah, so you're coaching uh, over the bridge. Um, we covered all that in season one. So listeners, you, you missed that. Catch up on all of Rachel's. Uh, Rachel's? When's the last time I called you Rachel? Uh, catch up on all of Taylor's coaching journey. Um, how's it going, though, in terms of the, uh, the Prem? Yeah, it's been pretty tough in the Prem. Um, obviously, it's a, a great squad that we've got, but probably having the cohesion week by week. So a lot of our internationals go out at like different times. So we haven't really had like everybody back a long period of time but it's been really great like just to tie it into the six nation stuff like we've had some of the scots girls back in obviously after having their um world cup qualified oh will they fly in oh it's just it's so good just to see them like bouncing and, and how happy they are and obviously we've got um a few americans so the wales usa game was a good good chat and good conversation but yeah, hopefully, like we've got a little a little run in now to the end of the season, a couple of cup games where we get to see everybody else play and, and really put their hand up for for those last couple of game seasons. So, yeah, exciting. I've loved it. Um, hopefully, it's something I can carry on doing into next year. I think the Allianz Prem is is only going one way. Um, oh, of course, yeah. So yeah, to be involved in that in any way, shape, or form is 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 wicked for me. Hmm. So, has it improved your coaching? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, that'd be um, awkward if you said no. <laughs> yeah. No, not all that. Uh, well, I hope it has. I don't know. Um, I'm really lucky. Like, I get I get to do skill stuff with the guys before uh, before training on both Tuesdays and Thursdays. I've probably got a little bit more freedom than than other coaches have to to try different stuff. So yeah, in terms of my development, like it's perfect for me. And 
get to work with Katie Dana McLean, obviously. Mm -hmm. So somebody with a, a real understanding of the women's game, the kicking game, attacking game. So yeah, I'm just trying to be a bit of a sponge around here and, and get out of my sort of defensive mentality um, and, and get some attacking stuff from her. So it's cool. Yeah, it's it's nice how those things come kind of full circle and it off, you know, how how often do we, did we play against Katie McLean and it just frustrated the hell out of us with a kicking game and a game management. And now you get to, to be, you know, a left-hand woman maybe, right-hand foot, <laughs> I don't know where you are, um, to absorb all of that. Incredible learning. Yeah. Spent most of my career trying to, trying to tackle a slightly late off the ball <laughs> and frustrate us. So hopefully I'm not doing the same thing at Sale. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, yeah, it's, it's been cool. Like I, I'm just really grateful for having that opportunity and it's it's a great environment to learn in. And, and as I say, I think it's only going to go from strength to strength over there in the premiership and and probably turn into, you know, the first um, professional, fully professional league that we'll probably see in the UK. So yeah, touch what I get to be part of that when it happens. Not just UK, in the world. Yeah. Mm. You're, a, you're a trendsetter. Good stuff. Okay, so it's Six Nations week. So enough about you. Let's look forward to that. Um, I'm buzzing for the Six Nations. How do you feel about the Six Nations being this time of year? We just alluded to the fact that it's twice as long for us now. But it's women's game, like pushing it back to half after the men's competition. How do you feel about that change? Yeah, I like the change. Um, although I would say, like, you know, we, we chatted this morning about just feel a little bit underprepared for this women's six nations, just because the, obviously the, with the male game and then the under twenties game, uh, it's just so full on in Wales, isn't it? And mm. like everybody aware of the turbulent period, which will probably follow after this weekend, but it sort of engulfs you. So to have a little lull just before this tournament kicks off is, is great, but yeah, hopefully it'll be something that attracts a whole new audience. So if people have, you know, been, um, excited by the six nations and the 26 nations then then this women's is an opportunity for them to keep their keep their love of the game going is pressure on wales to try and redeem a bit of pride in welsh rugby after the weekend yeah i think it's probably there's so much positivity coming out of the welsh women's camp at the moment i think it's it's potentially the only positivity we've we've got in welsh rugby at the moment you know with the the regions took a pretty uh, had a pretty rough weekend, as did obviously the twenties and the senior men. Um, so yeah, there's not a lot of positivity floating around Welsh rugby at the moment. But we've probably got to, you know, fully support the girls, and they seem in a great place. So yeah, touch wood, they can they can be the shining light. Yeah, so we'll pin all our hopes over the next six weeks. <laughs> the saviors of Welsh rugby are going to be the women. I don't think we saw that coming two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. But yeah, so hopefully. So what do you think we can expect from this year's Six Nations? And then we'll talk about Wales separately, but the Six Nations as a whole. I am super excited to see where the Six Nations and uh, see how it unfolds. I think it's probably going to be one of the most competitive tournaments we've seen, um, certainly over the last few years. I think there's some teams who are potentially finding... You say competitive. It's always been competitive, you know, between... England and, and France. Are we, are we saying there's a wider competitive element now? Yeah, I think so. Look, don't shy away from the fact that England and France will be, you know, on a different level. I don't think we can we can hide away from that. Those two, you know, Le Crunch will be Le probably the decider. Le Crunch will be the decider of, of, of who wins that and, and whether the Grand Slams are on and et cetera. But 
I think in terms of certainly Wales, Ireland, Scotland, Italy, I think they'll be very, very competitive games. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we do see a little a little shock this, this season. You know, I think there's a potential that people will have one eye on the World Cup. So will we see different combinations? Will there be changes? Um, you know, there's always, it always opens the door for somebody to, to upset the, the apple cart. So here's a question for you and we coaching hat on then. So it is a World Cup year, which makes this Six Nations even more intense. So do you take the opportunity to bed in new combinations or do you focus on getting that team right and the, the, you know, the game plan right to enter that World Cup? So you've got, you've got time to bed in or time to try things. What would you do? I think it would depend where you sit as that team and what you've got strength and depth wise. I think both England and France will do a little bit of both. They'll just need to test probably their peripheral squad. So who might sit, um, you know, touch wood, they won't have any injuries, but just, you know, who's who's covering, you know, in the second row or what, what centre partnerships are, might work. Yeah. But I think for them predominantly it about getting momentum and keeping probably that core, at least the spine of that team, very similar throughout. Yeah. Um, you can't shy away from the fact, you know, if they, if they win a Six Nations, it, it, it will put you in a great place to go to a World Cup. You know, you can't take away that confidence and that energy. And I think both coaches will know that. So that, that's probably what they'll be thinking. Mm-hmm. I look at Scotland, cohesion's been, it's been massive, isn't it? Like, I think... Yeah, because of that World Cup campaign, that uh, extra qualifying they've had to do, they've had a, a real good time together, haven't they? So I'm expecting, you said there might be a few shocks, but I'm expecting Scotland to do pretty well in the Six Nations. I think that cohesiveness and they've gone through that, they've gone through a tough time and they've gone through, you know, the highs of qualifying for the World Cup together. I don't know, I just think, you know, Scotland might be the ones to watch. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think the amount of time that they've had, they've really gelled as a team. Everything that you see, like obviously it's just, you know, it's perception as an outside perception looking in, but they just seem really united. I think, or is their hashtag still as one? They're probably like the only the only team that you would say is is fully behind each other that will play, you know, for each other for 80 Mm. minutes. There's so much love for each other within that squad that I think don't underestimate what that can do to a team sometimes. I think they will, they'll probably play with the freedom of knowing they've done what they needed to do in terms of qualification, which also makes them a little bit dangerous. Mm. Um, they'll, they'll, they'll certainly be targeting, targeting a few games, that's for sure. Mm. So let's talk about our girls then. Let's turn it all to Wales. What are we expecting from Wales? They, we can't get away from the fact that, you know, they've got contracts, so expectations are higher. Than, they, they, than they've ever been, but particularly over the last few years. Um, so what do we think we can expect from our team? Yeah, I think your absolute nail on the head in terms of expectations are higher. But I think we've got to be a bit realistic as well. You know, it's it's great to have those contracts and those retainers in place, but it's going to take a bit of time. You know, yeah. to, to have, How long has it been? Three months? Yeah, it's, it's it's not a lot. And obviously they don't meet as a full squad as frequently as those other guys do. So how they sort of jump into that environment will be quite important. Yeah. Um, if you put it into yeah. the world, three months in a job is generally a probation period. You're not expecting to excel during your probation, right? So, yeah. you know, as much as the nation will feel like, all right, these girls are pro athletes now. Let's see what you've got. We've also got to remember they want to be pro athletes for three months. And like you just alluded to, 
um, the whole squad isn't in that situation. So, they, you know, they really meet as a whole squad. I think one thing like we've got to jump on and be really po- like positive about is just how uh, how much they've spoken about being happy in, in that environment. And, you know, we t- I think it was... Um, Gonna say snowy there, <laughs> snowy still talking around. Um, then we'll get to know each other much more than they have before, you know, in yeah. and out. I think inside and out. And uh, you know, Shuan talked around their skill set flourishing over the last couple of months. And I think, you know, with Kira talking around uh having higher expectations and where this table finishes. So, you know, they're key players within the squad and they're experienced players within the squad. And I think if they're all saying that they're in a really good place and they've got they they've got an expectation of themselves to perform then I think that's great news for for Wales and I think it's great news for Welsh fans you know that's that's our team saying that they feel in a great place to go and do something and we haven't we have certainly not outwardly you know projected that positivity before so I think that's all got fully support you know if, if if they feel in great shape then hey that's that's brilliant news for Wales. yeah I think it's been a really long time since the Welsh squad has come out with that kind of level of confidence and actually look like it, it means and it's backed up with probably all the social content that's around the squad as well I know Hannah brought a video um on the weekend you know at the ice cream shop I was more interested in the ice cream and the ice cream flavors I'm not gonna lie um but you know Hannah's you know interpretation of the squad as well it just there's something there, right? There's something brewing. I can't wait to see him on the field. Yeah, 100%. And I think you're right. Like everywhere you look on social media at the moment is positive. It's talking about um, being united as a group, having an opportunity to do something that they they feel they haven't had before because they haven't had this chance to, to be professional, spend as much time to it with each other, you know, get fitter, which has been a massive part of what we've heard is that they've, you know, they've, They've worked on that, which will obviously be important for their style of play. So, yeah, like it, it is exciting. And, and I guess we won't know until till kickoff against, you know, Ireland. But we saw glimmers of it in, in the USA sort of warm up game. So, yeah, it all looks like it's leading in the right direction. Mm. So who, who are the ones to watch then? The Six Nations, who are we excited about? Oh, God. Um, I think Hannah Jones, you just touched on her then. Scored a really nice try against USA. Uh, Doesn't Hannah just glide? She's got so much time. Just find spaces. Glide. It's just rugby looks easy to her. Yeah, I think she's always come with that with that tag of being one of the the more um, players with probably with a with a slightly better game understanding and a slightly higher skill set. Mm. But I don't think we've ever really seen it flourish in the international stage. And I think with you know like the stuff what we've seen on social media she looks more relaxed she looks like she's enjoying the game more yeah. and I think that's going to be massive for her you know if, if yeah. we see her really take ownership of this Six Nations like she'll be such a threat yeah. um so and her partnership with with Karen in the center that yeah know, that's just strong you, you probably would not interfere with that right now oh, oh my gosh you mentioned the gym earlier and the training they're doing Karen Lake does not miss leg day you're looking at the back line against USA and Karen Lake's quads are immense. Let's get her hit in the game line. Like she's a yeah. talented player as well, but let's let's just use it a bit more. Yeah, she's missed a lot. She's she's missed a lot of the season, hasn't she, with with injury and I think just mm. coming back now. That's that's probably fair to say for quite a few of the team, to be to be honest. Like they might not have got as much game time in the Illy Allianz um premiership as maybe we expected. So they're all sort of coming back now just at the right time for us obviously you know we we missed um g unfortunately to an injury and she'll be out for the rest of six nations but 
yeah, everyone else looks as if they're coming back into form, like bang on time. I think um, Karen's last game uh, for Gloucester Hartbury, like she she looked like she was just getting those little glimmers of, of brilliance back. And mm. yeah, like, that would be a pretty, pretty ruthless combination, couldn't it, in the centre? But you've obviously got Shaky back in the squad. That's amazing yeah. news. Like, great she had a retainer. I think like she has got so much potential as a rugby player. It's unreal. Um, so yeah, so probably like I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of the younger players play. Um, We've got death. That's something to celebrate, right? <laughs> like I think over the last couple of years, it's pretty much the team's going to come out and it's as expected. Um, but this time, there's so many more options and talented players. We got Sean Ed back as well. We got Laurie Nook. It's probably, I think, I think we'll be on the bench for Ireland. I'm going to make that call now. Obviously, it's too early for us. We haven't seen the teams yet. Um, but who else do you think will be involved against Ireland? Yeah, I think um, like obviously the back row will be massive. Oh, Rachel Taylor. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Do you want to ask me again? You're gonna have to stop that, aren't you? No, we're not gonna. We're gonna go straight through. We're not editing that. That's fine. Um, I, yeah, I said. I think... uh, who do you think he's gonna go with for Ireland? We, do you think we get any surprises with the with the team? I think. The pack for me will be a massive one. You know, like let's not let's not shy away from what's happened to Ireland in the last, you know, six months. It's been yeah. they've, they've been they've been through the mill. And while we're on air, we may as well do a hat tip to those guys that have stood up for for the future players. You know, we talk about her story in Wales. Like some of those Irish players have done a massive, um, made a massive statement in women's yeah. sport and maybe at the sacrifice of their own positions as well within, within the team, which is huge. So huge like hat tip for them for what they've done for not only Irish rugby, but for women's sport. I think that's massive, but they'll be, they'll be without a few big players, you know, um, quite a few players have retired. And I think that opportunity, if we put out a very strong uh, pack against them, I think that will really allow our, our backs to perform. I think we'll, there'll be obviously expectations that we see, um, Jasmine Joyce as ever, like, you know, there's, she always comes, doesn't she, with a, with a heavy rucksack of expectation <laughs> of what she's going to do at Six Nations. But she's going to score think, four tries. Surely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, just have this, we just have this expect miracles from her. But um, no, I think, I think it'll be one and loss for me probably in the forwards. I think if, if, they, can, if they can allow a platform for, those, for that back line to really get going, um, I'm intrigued to see who starts, like you said, back row. I think that'll be a fascinating combination. Uh, who starts at 10? Can't wait to see. So you're not going to uh, bring any names to this? You're just going to say, I'm looking forward to seeing it? Yeah, You're not going to back yourself with any decisions here? No. You're going to get paid to on that fence. do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, I think there's there's... It's a funny one. You talked around, like, do you go for momentum or do you look at combinations? Like, I don't... I don't really know where Wales are at in terms of that. Like, do we do we put out probably like our most experienced team, or do we allow this opportunity for to see new to see new people? I think we'd for me, I think we'd be missing oh. a trick if we didn't. <laughs> missing a trick, yeah, yeah. We had the autumns, we had the USA games. We know we're going to have some summer fixtures. I say let's go out with intent and and try and do the as good as we can do in the Six Nations. Let's go out with the intent to win it, right? Let's go out with the intent to win every game. I think that starts breeding a mindset of champions and we can learn um, about how, how we handle that pressure. 
I don't think we should be using the Six Nations as we historically have as just a, oh, let's try this. I want to see this Welsh team step up and say, right, let's go out and try and win this now. Here's our opportunity. Yeah, and don't forget, like, there's massive, there's a massive amount of competition in that Welsh squad at the moment. And mm-hmm. I think that will only benefit the result. Like, people will be going out to say, yeah, obviously I want to, I want to start the next game, but also I want to be in that, I want to be in that squad that goes to New Zealand. So I don't think like there won't be any, you know, any lack of effort from the players on that, on that, on that front, you know, they'll be there going, yeah, I want to play the next game, but I want to have a great tournament. And I think that'll only benefit Wales. And I think probably just having a little look at some areas that we need to pad out. So maybe that, maybe that second row, you know, what does that look like? Um, probably a bit of a combination finder for the back row. What is that back row? You know, everyone comes with such different skill set. What, what does it look like? What, what's the best for, to get Wales on the front foot? But also yeah. we need, we need a, a quality um, front row and front row bench. So I think that's an opportunity for us to, to ensure that the players that are coming off the bench, particularly in those positions, get enough time during this um, so that if you know something does happen during the, the World Cup, that they're ready to step into it. Cool. I, I think you're absolutely right. We're absolutely gifted in Wales for our back row players. Um, and I, I make no secret about how I think some of them could be world class. Um, so that's exciting. Just before we bring in our guests, um, we're going to look at the fixture list each round and you're going to call out the clash of the weekend. So in round one, we've got Scotland, England, Ireland, Wales, France, Italy. Which is the clash we should look forward to the most? Wales, Ireland. Why? I think it'll be a really close game. Don't don't underestimate how good Ireland are in Ireland. Plus, they are a bit of a wounded beast with a point to prove. So look out for them. Plus, we'll be in the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Round two, France, Ireland, Wales, Scotland, Italy, England. Oh, am I just going to end up saying all the Wales games? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I like this Wales, Scotland one. Yeah, I, I like again, I think it would be a really close match. Like, like we've already said, like what mood Scotland are in at the moment. But obviously it'll be a home game for Wales. So all right. they should have the advantage. Fortress cap. Okay, round three, England, Wales, Scotland, France, Ireland, Italy. For me, it's Ireland, Italy. We haven't spoken about Italy yet, but I just think they're consistently consistent. (laughs) It's probably a good way to describe them. Um, And I think they always go under the radar and they shouldn't. Um, So that Ireland clash is the one for me. And that core of that Italian team has been together for so long, hasn't it? Like... Yeah, they could. Uh, yeah, they're, they're probably in the right. They're probably in a good spot, you know, with everything that's ahead for them this year. You going with the same? That's the one. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love that Scotland just do something crazy and upset somebody. So, you know, Ooh. I know that a few of the Scottish players have, have played over in France, and yeah, I don't know. Like, who knows? Who knows? That could be the meaty one for you. All right, round four: Wales, France. Friday night lights down at Cap. That's going to be a good one. Uh, Italy, Scotland, and then England, Ireland. Oh, can you imagine Wales beat France Friday night lights at the car? That's mouthwatering, yeah. that. My only worry is that France love a Friday night. <laughs> so 
I don't know. Not, I thought like, a, Sunday, a Sunday early kickoff might have been a better place. Yeah. <laughs> it was Something always, oh, that crowd in France when you had to play him on a Friday night was just the most hostile experience we've ever been in, wasn't it? Yeah. But this is in Cardiff, so we're a little bit softer <laughs> to our um, yeah. opposition. Yeah, that's mouthwatering for me. That could be special. Yeah, and it will have had, you know, what's that round for? So enough of the team, enough time for the get that team bedded in, you know, so it could be a really good clash. Ooh, and it finishes the weekend with England Island. Mm. Okay, and then the fifth and final round, Super Saturday, Wales, Italy, France, England, Ireland, Scotland. Yeah, France, England for me. Gotta like, be, isn't it? Last game of the tournament, they'll be absolutely full goo for that game. Um mm. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait. Like England, looking probably more dominant in terms of um, results, but yeah, never write off the French. Like we don't know what they've been doing behind the scenes. They um, they always look incredible. So who knows? Cool. So there we go. There's our predictions for the clash of the weekend. I'm so looking forward to this Six Nations sales. All right, so we're going to bring in our guest. Look who it is. The lovely smiley face of Georgia. Hi, you okay? We're good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Do you know what? Getting... When we announced that you were going to be our guest, we had so many questions. <laughs> were they all good questions? I heard. Yes, lovely questions. Oh, cool. Good. So... Um, we've got to start with the elephant in the room. We've got to start with that cast that we can see. Georgia, we get it. You got injured. Do you want to talk us through what happened? Because not everybody knows yeah. the details. Um, Bristol, top of the table clash. Real pumped for it. Go down there. It's a sunny day. It's beautiful. Four minutes in. Um, yeah, bad luck strikes. And I've been lucky so far that I've not had many injuries, but it was a pretty traumatic one for those around me, to be honest. Um, clear snap in my ulnar and radius. Yeah, it wasn't very nice, but um, it probably looked, it looked a lot worse. It looked a lot worse than it is because I say now like it's a broken bone. So essentially 12 weeks and hopefully I, like I'm looking towards the end of the season. But mm. um yeah, it probably was a lot. It looked a lot worse than it was. Like my arms didn't look in good shape. And for those around me, they were absolutely amazing looking after me and got me in surgery and sorted me out. So got this bad boy on for a little bit, but I'm back running today. So yeah, it's uh, it's a rubbish situation. I'm gutted to miss the nations, but you know, we all know what year it is, and it's probably mm. you know, in hindsight, it's probably the best time to get an injury, I guess. <laughs> Silver lining and all that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, we all know you played for Saracens now, but we know your rugby journey didn't start there. So for our listeners and your many, many fans, uh, let's throw it back. Tell us about, because um, obviously, you know, you kind, kind of um, crashed onto the scene at Ponaclean, um, but there's a little bit of a story before that as well. So tell us your journey into rugby. Yeah, so I started really late. Um, I started when I was like 16, 17, played all the sports in school and stuff. Um, I was in Yeovil. I grew up in Yeovil. So I was down there in college, um, fell out of my netball coach that time. I was in the netball academy and I was like, this is so not for me. And then that week, like the rugby team kind of came knocking and was like, do you want to come and try? And I was like, yeah followed my cousin's journey, followed my brother playing. So went in uh, to the 
college team, played there for a year. Then I moved home to Wales um, and joined Anisabal, which is my local rugby club, stayed there. Um, I think I wanted a little bit more. Like it wasn't, I, I love, I love rugby in Wales. It's like so family orientated. I love the pints afterwards with the girls, but I think I just wanted to like try and test myself. So Ponticlean came knocking. Um, so I moved to Ponticlean in, in a couple of weeks there. Um, I got picked up. Lisa Newton was amazing with me. Um, I got picked up by Blues and then it kind of spiraled from there. Then. And yeah, it's been, it seems to have been a really, really like quick journey. Like it just spiraled so quickly, but I was really lucky and fortunate to be around the people that I was and to be seen when I was, because then it kind of just happened. And here I am now, who would have thought it? <laughs> yeah, you're right. It does feel for us, you know, fans of the game as well. You just crashed onto the scene over <laughs> success out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, you got to love that though. You know, you're, you're a fan favourite. Well, <laughs> it's like, it's funny, but... It, like I don't like see it that way. Like, it's amazing to have so much support and like so much love. And honestly, I appreciate it so much by everyone. But like, I'm just like small girl picked up a rugby ball. It's so cliche, isn't it? But like picked up a rugby ball just for fun. And then it's kind of transpired into this. And my journey's pr- it's been pretty quick, but like I'm still like, there's still so much more I can do. And there's still so much more that I want to like prove to people and show people. So yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing and it's lush to, to hear all the, the kind words that everybody sent me, especially like when stuff like this happens, like it was unbelievable the amount of support. So you are really cheerful and happy, um, but this is your first big injury, you said. How do you, yeah. how does that, so for other play, other listeners and, and players who do get injured, how do we keep um the Georgia positivity about it. How did you come through those first few days when, like, we've been there, t- Rachel's been there tons of times where she thinks her career is over. <laughs> <laughs> the face that she's giving me. Like, how do you come through that that first few days where it just feels devastating? Um, so I think the first the first instant I did it, did it in all honesty. Um, I didn't know how bad it was at the time. They said it was quite traumatic, um, but I looked at it, so I seen it. So I was like, oh my God, my arm shouldn't face that way. Um, the first thing that went through my head was probably World Cup. Like selfishly, I was just like, that's it. Like I'm done. Like we always say that like, this year is the biggest year. Um, so I do have like them, did have them negative thoughts. And I think over that first week it was just like take it day by day I knew I needed surgery I didn't know how long I'd be out so I was like this has just got to be like a day by day process until I get surgery until I know what's next and then as soon as that happened I was like right what's the next step like stitches okay fine like I kind of broke it down in small chunks and then I have I've had loads of time on my hands so I've like written out written out my um my rehab plan I've got a plastered all over my walls like what does my 12 weeks look like what does my week look like days look like I know that's so much organization for someone so scatty but um I had like I have it everywhere so I just kind of take it day by day and like it's them small chunks now like I was gutted I have had moments and I think I haven't had like my crash moment yet where I'm like I'm missing the six nations like it's the one that everybody wants Mm -hmm. I haven't had that yet but I know that it's coming because it's going to be gutting to watch the girls run out and it's going to be devastating but I think like the small wins for me I'm going to be running today I never thought I'd miss it but like I'm like so excited to be doing like things like that so I think just breaking it down and really like trying to 
focus on the next goal. Like my big thing is to get back in time for the end of the season. That's my big goal. Whereas now I've got to look at the little wins that goes in between. Like mm. and just surround people as well. Like I've got the best people around me. I've got the great, the best support. So yeah, just keep smiling through it all, through the pain. That's the motto. Put it on a t-shirt. Keep smiling yeah. through it all, through the pain. <laughs> Cool. So, um, I, like I mentioned, we have had tons of questions come in, but I don't want it to be like Dragon's Den, so I'm just going to try and wean them into our conversation. And I know Tails wants to get involved and ask you a few things as well. But um, just because you've just alluded to it, you are going to miss out on the Six Nations, and, you know, we, we're gutted about that. But one of the questions come in was, you know, what's your role now? Are you still going to be involved? Um, like, you were there at the USA game. We saw you there, pitch side. So what kind of capacity are you in now when it comes to the Welsh squad? Um, so I, because I can't drive at the moment, um, I've just come back up to London. So I was back and forth for a little while. So they've been brilliant with me and said, like, in, you know, instead of travelling down there to do one running session, um, there, it's kind of like kickstart my rehab here. And then when I can start passing the ball, I can go back in um, whenever I like, really. Um, I also know that, like, all eyes are on this campaign. It's probably the biggest campaign for us so far. So we need to really focus on that. And selfishly, I was like, selfishly and unselfishly, I was like, I don't really want to draw attention away from that. I want the girls to prepare 100% with the physios by their side rather than me doing rehab. So I can come and, come and go as I please at the moment. Um, but on game days, I will be on home. When we're at home, I will be down there doing media. I'm taking over their TikTok, which... Oh. Will... <laughs> um, and I'll be with... I couple of games going on in the principality beforehand so I'll be over there with them girls and seeing the next generation coming through so I will still be in and around royalty so what what what, what you're saying G is you went to the USA game for some sympathy yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> I even put pleasure oh perfect perfect got it all yeah yeah I was gonna say with with like you said you're talking around like sound like you're being really positive as far as coming back from injury and like I don't doubt um your drive and mentality and that at all I think you'll come back you know more determined than ever but you said about like you're expecting this crash at some point like with when the Six Nations kicks off like have you got anything you think that like would be a really good coping strategy for that like what are you what are you thinking that's gonna um get you through your like distraction technique or you said you've got loads of time is that are you throwing yourself into tiktok are we going to see like the next <laughs> big thing on tiktok like what what is it for you that's going to keep you get you through that like i think like the biggest thing is i'm lucky up in london because a lot of my teammates like usa american like that's the same thing usa yeah. canadian <laughs> <laughs> but um so a lot of the girls aren't who aren't internationals are still around. So I know that they really support it. So I think surrounding myself with them people when I'm feeling low, like I know that a few of the guys have gone through injuries before I've been with, through them, through their rehab process. So like, they know the feeling and they know how like gutting it can be. Um, surrounding myself with those people, just like to just almost to distract myself. But I think it's important that you do like, you can wallow in it a little bit. Like it's, it's a sad time. Like, it's rubbish, you're missing out. And through like no fault of your own, it was a freaky accident. Like it happens. But I think only give yourself like, I'm only going to give myself like a certain amount of, I don't know, an hour to wallow in bed, like two hours to watch the game and cry. Like, I don't know, like a certain amount of time. And then I think it's just like check back in with myself, like know that 
actually there's bigger things going on behind the scenes like there's I've got a bigger picture to look at mm. go and find a friend like sit with them watch the game like there's so many things but I don't want to take myself away from the sport like I wouldn't not watch it I wouldn't not I wouldn't take myself away from it because you know it's, it's the whole reason it makes me happy it makes me smile but I just got to realize that I can feel a bit sorry for myself at times I can be a bit sad but only give yourself a certain amount of time so otherwise you can just wallow in that pit. I can I can be in that pit for days and like mm. it's just not good day. <laughs> yeah. I think you're right of course silver lining is this a world cup year right because you've got that to to target now whereas the season would normally be over after the last weekend um but you it's you know we've got until september to to focus until so maybe you know there is a silver lining in getting injured in a world cup year yeah and i think it was like that that's the first thing that crosses your mind you don't know the damage and then afterwards like obviously it was it was a crazy time. And then everyone's like, oh, when are you back? And I'm like, hopefully by the end of the season. They're like, oh, it can't have been that bad then. And I'm like, essentially, broken bone. Like, that's all Like all it is is two broken bones. And I'm like, yeah, maybe I did milk that a little bit. Maybe it was a bit <laughs> but, I don't like, think when your forearm looks like an MG that you're uh, milking anything. I think you 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 are okay for your little moment and, and to wear a slick. That, that is justified. <laughs> Cool. So uh, I'm going to start to weave in these questions. So you've mentioned that you you have a support network from a lot of different nations, USA and America in particular. Um, <laughs> so one of the questions is, if you could bring any other player into the Welsh squad from any other nation, who would it be? Um, it's pretty new to Saracens, but Alev Kalta. Oh, yeah. American centre. She epitomizes everything that I, I just love like about this game she is not just like talent wise in the field she's unbelievable but mm. oh my god that, that girl brings just gives me life like she's pure infectious energy and I love it is it you wouldn't think that looking at her because obviously you've seen her play for years but I've never seen her off the pitch um yeah she's pure infectious just like just so much love to give so much energy like she's you literally can't do anything wrong in her eyes. It's always like pumped up, like high fives. You did amazing. You did this. Like she gives you life. Wow. And that's like just shows how important culture is, right? Yeah. Always 100%. about the skills. Yeah. And I think it, it lifts you up like so much. Like when you've got people like that and when you've got like a team like that, it's hard not to just love everything that you do. And I think mm. the main thing is like if you're loving it, like it does show in the sport, like you do do some some great stuff on the field when you are enjoying it. Mm. Well, we were just that losing to another question. So good segue. So <laughs> Tails and I were talking before you joined us about how the culture in the Welsh squad looks exactly like that. So all the content is coming out, what we're hearing from the players just seems it is that kind of happy, almost infectious place right now. Do you, do you agree with that? Obviously, yeah. I'll uh, say no. <laughs> <laughs> I would say untrue, but um, no, <laughs> Over the years, I think it's been one of them things that's been a struggle because everybody's struggling with their own with their own daily lives and balancing and stuff. Whereas now I think even coming in, you know, even the girls that aren't contracted are coming into like such a positive like environment that it's quite hard not to just like immerse yourself in it and like love it. And I think mm-hmm. the thing that they're doing, such as pushing the media, like it's it's come from us girls a lot. Like, you know, we've said we need more of this and they've taken on board what we've said we need um so pushing like the media getting 
people's stories out there because a lot of the time, like nobody know, nobody knew who half of us were. Like they had no idea who we were, where we came from. So actually now it's putting like faces to names and it's actually getting to know the players. And I think that's a massive thing. Um, and when we're in camp, I think everybody's just like loving this journey and like really excited now. Like it's actually a positive time rather than like, oh, I'm so tired all the time. It's actually like, right, we're ready now. We got, we've got big things to come. And I think campaigns like this that we're building for is just like, it's going to be like an exciting time because I think we've never been in this situation before. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how we go. It's massive, isn't it? Like you talk about the media getting to know people, but it's like, it's you guys as players getting to know each other as well. Because usually the contact time that like, you know, in previous um, campaigns is so short that, you, you know, you're almost parachuted in expected to have those relationships and then and then kind of show that on a pitch and I think like yeah like spot on like I think it, it's important yes that the media knows more about each other and you get to know each other uh, as players though like that's huge like to spend that amount of time together like you can't put a value on that yeah 100% I think the most important thing is as well like when like you said when we're just like thrown in together like you're like, right, you've got three hours between training and dinner, like all, all be best friends and, and find that, like, find that bond. And it's like, well, I want to go shower. I want to, I want to nap. Like, I don't want to spend all this time. Like, there's a lot of things going on. So now actually we've got so much more time. It just, it does it organically happen. So I think those relationships really then translate really well to the field. And you are, you're hundred percent right. Mm. I was going to say something different to you, Tails. Um, but building this, this brand of Welsh women's rugby, um, you know, we alluded to the media from like with a business head on. It's exactly what you want to do. You want to build a community. You want to build a fan base. But communities happen through stories and people understanding who people are. So the more we see in this content online is the more young people can be influenced and, and start to get to know you. You are, you are a fan favourite um, because so many people know so much about you now, but it's the same with others as well. We're building up that profile. And, and then you start to care about the players, right? Once you start to care about the players, you feel more of a bond to that team. So we're going to get more people turn up at the stadium. We're going to get more support, more noise on social. So it all leans into that. It looks like a really kind of basic thing, or let's just put a video out, but it's not. You're then building a community, and that community is going to influence the whole generation of rugby players behind you. Yeah, and I think that's the best thing is like, it's so, it's like, so like you said, like a lot of people know about about me. I'm quite happy to like put myself out there and, and throw my story around. But like my story is so different from, from other people's. Like a lot of the girls played rugby when they were young, couldn't find teams. Like, and a lot of young girls will relate to that. And then a lot of girls go, oh, well, I only started playing when I was like 18. And I was like, so did I. Like mm. that happened, like it can, and I think that's the thing. The more they relate to us, and it's amazing to have like so many people like come on my DMs and being like, oh my God, I wear a bow now because of you. Oh my God, I started playing here. And I'm like, that's so like, it's so heartwarming and so amazing to know that like those people have taken time to listen to our stories. It's not just like the young girls that we're, that they're like getting to know us, but it's so amazing to know that like we're actually reaching them, like that audience. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I love that you touched on the bows because that was a question. Well, tell us a story behind George's bows. <laughs> um, it just so happened that I wore it for, I think it was like, it was the start of the six. Yeah, it was my Six Nations. So I had a big pink bow in the house and I was like, this is, I'm just going to start wearing this for rugby. I was like, it's got to happen. And it was my like long 
pink one, um, started wearing it, and then I it's just kind of stuck. And now I've got a huge collection, which just scatters around my house, um, of massive cheerleading bows. But I wear a different colour to every training session. I have played with the, the colour choice because all the girls absolutely rinse me for wearing pink and red. But I've gone back to my roots and just stuck with pink because I love it. <laughs> there you go. All right. I would like um, to see you. I would have quite liked to see you, Halle, in a in a, in a bow. pink bow. Yeah. Um, maybe I'll wear um, a yellow kind of daffodil bow this weekend out in dubs. Nice. Maybe we'll start a trend. I look forward to it. <laughs> Are you going out? We're going oh, out. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> so we already discussed that before you joined us we're not sure um what's going to happen because a few of us old old players going out it's going to go one of two ways right it's going to be absolute carnage or it's going to be like do you think they'll make us a cup of tea yeah you'll be in bed by <laughs> yeah so uh what goes on tour stays on tour though georgia so you won't know all right so <laughs> We want to use your insight now to help prepare our audience for the Six Nations starts next uh, this weekend. Very, very excited. So um, from a Welsh perspective, where are we hoping to finish? Have we got a goal? Yeah, I think I think I haven't been in at this point. So this is just from like outside looking in now. Um, I think third or fourth, we'd. I think we'd be happy with fourth. I think we can take massive, massive um, confidence if that happens. Obviously, we once said, let's be honest, we always look at England and France as the big ones. They are the big boys in this competition. Um, that is a huge ask for any nation, especially you have to remember, like, I know that we're contracted now, but we've been contracted two months. Um, so I think we could take huge confidence if we can finish fourth. Um, but obviously, I think that with the calibre of players we've got and the time that we've had together, I, I do think that third isn't out of the realm of possibility. And, you know, realistic, I like that. Um, so for people that are, women's rugby is so niche in Wales, for people that don't understand why a fourth place finish is an achievement for us, just kind of talk us through that. Like the journey you guys have been on from finishing last to finishing fourth and why that would be good. Just kind of quickly just touch on that for us. Um, I think coming off the back of last year was, it was heavy. And the year before we lost every game. Um, I was yet to win a game in a Welsh shirt until the autumns. Um, so I think the journey that we've been on is essentially we, we were quite burnt out by the end of last year. We, we'd had a lot, we'd had a lot of losses. It was a struggle to get the team in and, and get morale up. Like we talk about this energy and the positivity. I think it, it was it was coming to a head where something had to had to change. Um, I think, obviously, like alluded to, like France and England are like top of their game at the moment. They're they're setting the way for women's rugby right now, and that's what everybody wants to be. I think the rest of the nations, like us, Ireland, Scotland, we're all kind of in the same boat where we're all trying to juggle things and trying to trying to work our way through this crazy ride. Um, and we just kept losing and we couldn't, we just couldn't find a way to win. And I think finishing fourth would mean that we've beaten at least two. Yeah, at least two, maybe three, depending on points. Yeah. Um, like, let's say two. So we beat Ireland, Scotland, say. Um, that's a massive step up from us who couldn't score against Ireland last year. When we played Ireland last year, 
it was probably one of the worst games to have been involved in because it was just like we're on the same level. We 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 both are not professional. We're both in the same boat. We're we're trying to figure this out, and they just absolutely like nailed us. And it was like, how we've got the same girls now that that won in the autumn. We've got the same girls now that did so has done so much good stuff and play amazing rugby in the Premiership, and we just couldn't win. So I think finishing fourth would be like one of those things that actually there is this is going in the right direction. This is a correct path for us now. Just with that little bit more time, we can we can really start to solidify ourselves as a team and start to solidify ourselves as competitors as well, especially going into a World Cup. Long answer, sorry. No, that was really well put. Um, maybe we have to clip that. And if anybody starts like, well, fourth isn't success, then we just play that bit. We just said that out <laughs> to the media. Actually, fourth is the success because of this. Um, yeah. Yeah. You've, you both are involved in the Premiership 15s. I'm going to move on to get, try and get through as many of these questions as possible. <laughs> You're both involved in the Prem 15s. Uh, Tills has already alluded to how um, that's only going in one direction and that's just accelerating. Um, and she coaches, you play. Um, so what's your experience? Can you, can you do a comparative, for those who don't know, between Welsh club rugby and English club rugby? And then we'll talk about maybe, you know, potential future progression and what we'd like to see happen. Yeah, so I think Welsh club rugby is still very, I want to say the word immature, but yeah, we'll go with immature. Like, so English rugby, English premiership rugby right now has just, again, like you said, accelerated. The money behind it, the facilities that we get access to, um, the people that are in like the coaching staff, the support staff, you know, I've got everything that I've got at Wales, I've got Saracens. Um, so mm. I think in comparison, I think it's just Welsh rugby haven't got the funding at this moment in time for that premiership to like take that next, to have that next level. Do you know what I mean? Um, but I also think that Welsh rugby as well has always been like so homely, so family orientated. Like I really didn't want to leave Pontyclean. It was probably the hardest decision that I had to make because I absolutely loved how close the family was. Like I loved the rugby club. It was amazing. And the support essentially, like the coaching staff at least was absolutely fantastic. But then to go to Saracens, it was like I was a professional. Like it was, mm. but we're in it to be the same premiership team, um, premiership leagues. Um, mm. I think the staff, the amount of girls that they've got, we've got development teams here, there and everywhere. You have academy teams uh, are running from schools. I think all that just feeds into it. And a lot of it does just come down to funding, unfortunately. Um, and the RFU just have a lot more of it than, than Wales do, which is gutting because you do have some absolute gems in the Welsh Premiership that just get missed because... Unfortunately, they're not being streamed on BBC and they're not being shown on the highlights reel on, on the highlights reel on World Rugby. So yeah, that's my overview. <laughs> Good. And it's something really telling there. There's one line you said, everything I've got with Wales, I've got with Saracens. That shows a disparity between both, doesn't it? That's incredible. Get that on a t-shirt as well. Thanks. <laughs> 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 I'm going into t-shirt branding next. Um, yeah, let me throw that to you as well then, Tails. So what does Welsh rugby need to do to, to get after the English rugby standard? Yeah, I think uh, G's probably spot on with that. It, basically, it's a, it's a professional 
league or at least a professional setup um with the with the English Premiership in Wales it's very much still an amateur setup so probably things like the structure that's put in place to allow teams to play week in week out um has obviously drove this competition but the fact that they've become aligned with a lot of Premiership men's team I think has helped the probably branding and awareness of the Premiership in terms of being a financial opportunity because ultimately like you know geez right it's it's about money um I'm not I'm not sure if it's there's not enough money or if it's not a want to put money into the right things that would probably be a different question but it's far more um developed and structured is probably the best way to do it and, and financially supported and in a nutshell when you've got those three things it's it is a completely different product and mm. i think it's it's drawn players in from across the world which has only grown its um appeal if you like both both as a, as a a business product but also as a, a competitive league for players to play in um but yeah i think like the growth of that that league over the next three five years will be absolutely fascinating i've got so much hope that it just goes into a fully professional league which will be a full-time program for for the athletes and you know unfortunately in 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 wales it's 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 a it's a number of years off that um, yeah so you say all this great stuff is happening and it's amazing for rugby girls and it's it's amazing for our girls that can go over the bridge and be part of that um but that gap is just going to continue to grow right and it's going to be harder for our girls to leave our club system um and actually be good enough then to go into this even more accelerating league and i just think we're going to have fewer and fewer girls going to be able to be selected for those teams if nothing is done so i'm very vocal um about you know it's it's really crap that in order to play for Wales, you know, you have to play in England at, at one point. I think that, that's changing now with the setup we've got. But it wasn't any kind of disrespect to the girls going to the bridge. They absolutely did the right thing. They needed to go over the bridge to get that quality of rugby. What it's an issue with is that the neglect of our premiership on our regionals, that we're not at the same level. Um, and... You know, how do we get there? What's the opportunity? Let's look at the bright side. We've got this incredible community game growing. We've got the hubs and clubs that are, that are thriving. I went to watch second division on the weekend, first time in years, and I was really surprised at the quality and the numbers. So something is brewing at this, this grassroots level. What do we need to do to then accelerate ourselves to get anywhere near the English Prem? Is it clubs? Is it region? Is it aligning with the men? What needs to happen? I think like I'm going to be brutal like it needs a total overhaul because she touched on it as far as the the English Prem is concerned like the centre of excellence at these at these clubs which you're talking you know players 15 16 years old um there's a there's an England under 18s there's an England under 20s um there's a full pathway and it, it is really appealing you know, a lot of these, yeah. a lot of the, a lot of the prem clubs are affiliated to a university. So straight away, you can sort out your education, but you can also go and be a, a semi-professional rugby player. So it's the the product that they have. Like I'm not saying that it's perfect, but yeah, they're developing it constantly, and they they work with a group of coaches who are uh, premiership 
coaches uh, who are very experienced to, to develop that in, in the right way. And I think it's going that right way. I think what we have in Wales is, is not even comparable. Um, no, but and, and worrying, worryingly, I think you're right because I think there's a lot of players who go over and in time there won't be that, there won't be that provision over in England because if you work for the RFU, why would you produce a league that's going to produce great Welsh rugby players, great American yeah. and USA players? Yeah. Um, but all these, like, why would you go and do that? They they want a league that's going to produce the most red roses. Yeah, the best red roses. So we have to do something now. And for me, it's, it's it, they have to act on it now. Yeah, we've just had a massive performance review. Like, we have to do this now. We have to jump on it while it's, while it's fresh in everyone's have minds. We, have um, we had a review, Tails? Because there's no evidence of it. <laughs> we haven't seen no review. We haven't seen no recommendations. But um, this pod is going to go on so long if we go down that route. Um, but I want to just yeah, throw it out. Throw it, yeah, throw it out to Georgia, right? Georgia, it's it's ten years from now. You've just retired from international rugby. You're looking at, you know, going back to Wales to just give something back to the community and play a little bit of fun rugby. What would you like to see in Wales? You know, as our probably most important people that we need to be listening to are you guys. What would you like to see happening in Wales if you look back reflectively 10 years from now? I would like to see, um, we have, so like Taylor was saying about England having a pathway, we have all the components of a pathway at the minute. So we've got like the under 18s, Wales. We now have, um, we've just had the 18s regional. We have, um, Colleges with academies, like I know Kamoy started the, the girls' team. I don't know if that's still going, but yeah, yeah, that, and more. So we've got loads of them, but like none of them seem to be linked. Like none, none of it seems to kind of go hand in hand with each other. So I think like we've got the right idea where we've got all these components. Now we just need to find a way. How do we fit them all together? How do we get these girls from like A to B? Because at the end of the day, like you said, we all went over to England to like better ourselves well we should we should want the girls to stay in wales to better themselves so for me i'd like to look back and actually be like there is now a pathway where a young girl at i don't know 12 years old can see right when i'm 15 i can play for these and then if i'm really good enough i can do this and then i can go here and she knows that she's being seen whereas at the minute i don't think I think you have to play for regional to be seen at the under 18 level. And I don't say, I think there's so many gems that have just fallen through the cracks because they're not being seen at that, at their clubs. Whereas at the minute, like, you know, the red roses are picking from a squad of girls, but they're also picking some like random girls that maybe that they've never like that play for a different club or they're always watching. They've always got people out there. They're always seeing. So I like to see like, you know, young girls actually knowing where they can go, what the actual route is to get to Wales, because at the minute I think it's luck of the draw. Um, and yeah, I just want to, I want like them to want to stay in Wales. I don't want to see like all of us, obviously there's always going to be some rogue people that go, yeah. I'm going to and go to England, but I want girls, I want our Welsh team to be playing in Wales and I want them to be playing like the best standard of rugby that they can possibly give. On that note, I think we make Georgia in charge of Welsh women's rugby. Um, I don't think we can top that. Georgia, that's an incredible answer. That's been an awesome, in, uh, I almost said interview. It's been an awesome chat. We're, we're so glad that you could give us your time this morning. We know you're busy, you've got running to do. So 
<laughs> um, we wish you the best for your recovery and we wish you all the best for um, the World Cup because we're going to see you there, right? And we'll be on tour in New Zealand. Yes. <laughs>
and it went off the top to nine to ten out to the outside center the outside center kind of half broke a tackle as the inside center looped around and created the overlap passed it to the winger and we went from five meters to the other five meters in a couple of passes and made probably 20 30 yards so that was really exciting to see because at, at this level, to see that ambition and that physicality and that game awareness in our Division One teams is is incredible. Um, and it was really, really great to see. I was really surprised at the level and quality of rugby. Um, no disrespect, I wasn't expecting awful rugby, but I was just, you know, it, it was far better than maybe I'd anticipated. So... I also got the chance to speak to Meg York. So some of you will know Meg York played um, for Dragons and uh, a Blina Gwent stalwart um, and scored a couple of tries for Wales in her umpteen test matches. Um, so Meg York, give me the rundown of what's been going on at kind of these lower level leagues. Um, so I appreciate that, Meg. Thank you very much. Pretty much spent like, the whole second half chatting to her, which is great. Um, also got to see uh, Lily and Meg Snape. So I'm going to shout out some names now that a lot of the younger girls won't remember. But there's so much talent that went through the pathways that we used to have and is still involved in the game. So Meg and Lily Snape played blues when we had blues, came through the age grades pathways. Um, both went to England to play and have both come back and are playing. Uh, I think it's Blackwood. They were on permit for the day. Like, imagine learning off those two incredibly talented, um, intelligent rugby players. I think that's awesome. And Meg also to let me know that Amy Day and Rian Bowden, former internationals, uh, again, have been through all the pathways, are running out from time to time for Sengene in Kefili. So imagine those girls in the lower leagues having that talent around them, that kind of direction. And and even just by like watching these talented players, you're going to improve and learn more. And Gemma Williams and Jess Kidley, who've also been through the pathways, are still running out for these lower league teams. So, you know, it's really, really promising. And credit to Landwood Vardra and NSD. It was a really physical, it was really... Uh, non-stop action game to watch. So well done, girls. That was Brill. All right, please do get in touch. Remember on Instagram, it is Back the Girls Podcast. On Twitter, it is Back the Girls Pod. And just because we love to keep it simple, on email, it is Back the Girls dot pod at hotmail.com thank you bye 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 bye, bye. 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 bye.